Hey guys, this is Brett Young, Taylor Young, and Rod Erb, and you're tuned in to the Be Extraordinary Podcast with Urban Young. Real conversations about business, leadership, and personal development. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Be Extraordinary Podcast. Good to be here with my man, Mr. Rod Erb, and my brother and business partner, Mr. Taylor Young. How you guys doing? Good, man. Solid as a rock. Solid as a rock. Happy to be back. Happy to be back. Back post, in the lab. Post summit, back in the lab, ripping with the boys. New fiscal year. Yeah. New energy. New energy. A lot of momentum. Absolutely. Big aspirations. Insurance market's still a disaster. <laughs> you know, it's showing signs of recovery. There's a light. Yeah, absolutely. Well, today we get to talk about something really special uh, for the audience. And if you listen to this podcast, you are more than likely uh, in a path of progress. That's probably why you listen to this. And in that path of progress, uh, there is a massive component to compelling uh, someone to take action, and that is called marketing. Um, and there has been a lot of conversation inside of our walls and the distinction between marketing and sales. And some might say, well, yeah, okay, I'm, a, I'm in a marketing position or I'm in a sales position, but, but someone might listen to this and say, ah, oh, man, this doesn't apply to me. I'm not in that. And uh, we'll, we'll unpack that today, but I would make the argument that everybody is marketing and you're marketing yourself uh, you're marketing a product, you're marketing a company, you're marketing your ability to get a promotion. Uh, I'm marketing to my wife all the time. Um, <laughs> and there is a skill set that is required in order to do that, um, f- to compel somebody um, to want to take action or to at least give you the opportunity to take that action. And we're going to unpack that today. And I know I'm sitting with two guys that are um, elite marketers. Um, Taylor uh, has hit platinum within this company. There's only a couple of people that have hit platinum uh, from the referral marketing that he did generated over, I think it was 1,500 referrals, I think in one year uh, from real estate closings uh, by himself. Obviously he has a team, but you know, that's, that's him being the face driving massive, massive activity. Um, there's probably, if we took multiple agencies and combined them, um, there wouldn't, they wouldn't have that type of number. So, you know, that's, it's one of the guys you're going to hear from today. And then the other guy that you're going to hear from, Mr. Rod Herb has been doing this for, uh, over a, gosh, man, two decades now. Um, God, you know, can we think of another way to say we're that? dating him, you know? So <laughs> the experience that he has with, uh, creating referral based, uh, marketing models is transcended multiple industries with multiple teams, uh, millions of dollars in revenue with multiple different companies. And uh, quite frankly, just the conversation between the three of us offline is, is, is I learn a lot every time we have this conversation. So if you're listening today, strap in, we're going to get into some really cool questions and unpack some cool stuff. Um, so what I wanted to do is lead it off. If you have not joined the Be Extraordinary community, I would, man, I would, I would highly ask you to consider joining that. It's free. Um, it's something that we put together that's a really cool group of people that listen to this podcast. And one of the questions today and yesterday that was floated out there was, what is your biggest marketing challenge from the last six months? And so we took some of the questions from the community and the listeners uh, that you guys asked, and we're going to have those conversations today. By no means uh, do we think that we're experts in this. We are students. Uh, that are in the process of becoming, but we have done it uh, to at least a specific level to have a conversation. So hopefully today we can explore that together, uh, maybe provide some clarity uh, on the way that we do it, our ideas, but then maybe just leave some questions that would be fun to continue that debate and conversation in the community after this. So I love that disclaimer. Yeah, before we start, I just uh, I wanted to kind of open the floor to you guys to, to give maybe some context to what we just did, and then we'll maybe get into some of those questions. Man, my experience, I borrowed so much from these two, but I just wanted to preface to say I used to hate marketing. Um, the idea of going out and meeting people that I didn't know or speaking to them uh, about what I did uh, was, was, was a muscle that I was, I was weak in. And so now it's one of my favorite things to do. And I think marketing's transferable, whether it's recruiting, whether it's referral marketing to different business-to-business vendors, or whether it's marketing your current client base. Um, it's funny how that's shifted for me. Well said. I, <clears throat> my context back to what you opened on is, is the difference between marketing and sales. I think marketing is art. I think sales is more science. I think there's, uh, there's, there's, there's components of each that are, that are transferable. But, you know, did you overcome the objections? Did you close them? I mean, that's sales as we hear it and see it and 
a lot of different settings and through a lot of different environments. I mean, to me, that's kind of sleazy. Sales to me can be sleazy. Um, I think there's a hundreds, there's hundreds of examples of that where I think marketing is more genuine. I think, and, and if you have a message, you market for two reasons, you market to brand yourself or you market someone or a business or something for a, for a call to action. There's two, two purposes. So mm. to me, the context is the reason, I think the reason people hate marketing is because it's more art, right? It's, you know, I'm not an actor, right? When we talk about social media and getting out there, putting yourself out there, that makes me uncomfortable. But when I walk in somewhere, I'm, I'm right at home walking in some office and marketing to somebody cold. To me, that art is fun. Mm-hmm. That, that sort of presentation, that sort of stage is really, really fun for me. So I love to market. I love to market more than I love to sell because I also believe strongly, con- I'm still giving you context, long-winded answer, but to me, you market the right way, you don't have to close somebody. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's, the, that's my bias when it comes to sales is when I, when I have to sell somebody, I feel like I have to close somebody. Or I should say, when I feel like I have to close somebody, I feel like I haven't marketed to them enough and provided them enough reason as to why they want to do business with me or what we're doing or why we're a good match. And I think that's why, that's why people get stuck in it. I think that's why it's messy and gets sticky and muddy for people is because that stage of marketing, they're not comfortable on. Mm. They're, they're more apt to stay in our business. You know, let me stay in the, let me stay in the facts of an insurance policy. I can refer to them, I can point to them, and I can be an expert in it. But if I'm talking to someone that really doesn't care about that, I've probably missed the message of what the marketing would have meant to that conversation. So anyway. Or or I know what to do when I get the lead, but I don't necessarily know what to do to bring in the lead. 100%. That distinction's big. Gary Vee talked about this, which is the power of brand, right? And you, you hold up a Nike shoe, and there's people that are buying that product every day. They're not being sold that product every day. And I think that's the power of brand. And whether uh, you're marketing to somebody with a call to action or it's a brand call and somebody's calling you to buy, I do think, I, I think that's a cool, compelling uh, argument that says if you've done a great job with marketing, you don't have to close, right? And so uh, if you have not done a great job with marketing, you know, you know, I think about like some timeshare presentations that you've been on. Hey, we'll give you this fast pass if you come to this presentation. Well, I haven't been really marketed to the value of that product. I just was given something and incentivized to go on that presentation. I've got to be closed on that, mm-hmm. right? Like some, yeah. some of those, are the, those are the best salespeople in the world, right? Yeah. And so the reason is because they haven't been marketed to. I didn't I didn't take that because I wanted to take more right. vacations. Right. I took it because I wanted to get this free gift. So it's a really I, cool I, point. And I think that to me, that's that's part of what gives me such a, such a, a thing about closing people is I think about those type of exchanges, right? It's like you walk into an auto, you know, a car dealer yeah. or you walk into a timeshare place. It's like, you're, you're there for something that you were offered probably, or even if, you know, which is not even in, if you, which is not in alignment with what the ultimate outcome is for the company. The ultimate uh, outcome is for you to buy something specific and whatever it is that got you in the door, really isn't necessarily related to that half the time. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like, yep. I'll give you free tickets to this if you come, you know. What? Well, and that's the thing. It's like you're, you're trying to overcome objections, right? It, we, I think about people that don't want to be sold to, which is most everybody, right? And and someone that's selling that hasn't earned the right through marketing, to me, it's like you're overcoming objections, but you don't have rapport with me. Or you've tried to re- develop a little bit of rapport with me, but it's so mechanical. And then you immediately go into jamming something down my throat that I wasn't either prepared for or I'm not in the right headspace. I'm not in your headspace, right? So it's like yeah. we're not we're not on the, even on the same frequency and you're trying to close me on my objections. Yeah, I didn't come over- here for this. Right. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, there's a lot to unpack there. And, and I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll try to keep us keep us on track here because I want to answer some of these questions and really they're more of a discussion. They're not, they're not answers. Right. But, um, you know, so uh, there's four uh, questions that were presented in the community that uh, we'll go through today. And I just love your guys' feedback from your perspective, your experience, you know, uh, you know, just that you, you guys have a lot of it. So uh, we'll run through these four and uh, try to give some cool context to this. So number one was creating a, a biggest challenge uh, in marketing over the last six months. And some of you uh, had this question or, or this, not this question, but this uh, challenge, creating enough opportunities to get to the point where you have a chance to explain your value. I'll repeat that again, creating enough opportunities to get to the point where you get the chance to explain your value. So Taylor, I'll go to you first. Yeah, you know, I, I think 
you know, most people, including me, when, you know, you think about when you're trying to go zero to whatever your goal is, right? You're starting something new, you're, you're, you're calling on somebody that's new. Let's say you don't have current business, it's, it's organic that you're trying to grow. I think, you know, I underestimated the, the width and the amount of people that I had to talk to to be able to get to that optimal goal number of call it referral sources. In our business, it's lenders, realtors, anybody that can refer a home closing, right? And you get excited at first because you market to somebody, you have a good connection, and then you tend to say, okay, you know, I have made a good connection with Rod here. I'm good, right? Rod sent me a couple deals, and you underestimate the fact that, I well, if I want to have 25 of Rod, I got to talk to 100, 200 of people to be able to, find that right and so that, that that's the part of it underestimating the amount of width that you have to go to I also think when you're starting something new your level of belief may be low right my level of belief now to be able to walk into a realtor or mortgage office is cold it's no big deal anymore but I remember when I was first starting I'm, I'm, I'm what, what is my differentiation what am I going to say what am I going to ask do I really believe that I'm best for them right that level of belief is low so I also think the width helps you stair step your belief it stair steps your posture and but when you say width you do you mean just humans. the amount of I mean quantity? humans and offices and people that you're talking to distribution about points yeah yeah yep so um, you know, in that case, identify your ideal client and the amount of ideal clients that you essentially have to talk to to find uh, people that value what you do and you value what they do. Um, that kind of reciprocation. So I would say for me, just the underestimation of width to how many people you have to talk to uh, to find the people that ultimately are going to be your ideal client. So before I go to Rod here real quick. So was there ever situations where like because what I hear in this question is I'm out marketing but I'm not getting the opportunity to talk about what I do, what I represent, maybe why I'm different, right? So I'm maybe you're out at a networking event and you're quote unquote out marketing, but I'm not getting enough opportunities to actually communicate with somebody what I do, why it's different. Is there ever a situation in your career where you were out marketing, but you really weren't having those effective conversations? Yes. Um, and I also think, yeah, where you're kind of fooling yourself a little bit, right? You're, yeah. you're out at the event, but you're not getting to that meeting or following up to get to the next event, you know, which I think of marketing a lot is promoting to that next touch. So if I meet somebody in a group setting, what is my goal? Well, I'd like to get them a coffee. I'd like to schedule a phone call, right? And then after that, I'd like to set up a marketing meeting, get in their office and meet them face to face, whatever it is, always promoting to that next touch. Um, so, and there's also, again, I bring back the with factor. There are some people that just, they, they're not in the season of giving you the time of day yeah. and that's okay. So if you continue to focus on those people that aren't giving you responsiveness, it can be very deflating from a marketing standpoint, right? And that's why I said, well, we'll go, go talk to a hundred more people. And I bet there's more people that are going to give you the time of the day. They're a different season, in their career, they're different, whatever. They're just more receptive. So I think in my early marketing career, it was like, I'm focusing on these whales or these people that have, I, I've identified like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if I landed this account rather than saying, hey, that's just one rep. Let me go talk to 100 of those people and let's see where the cookie crumbles, right? We always say, you know, amateurs convince, professionals sort. Go wide enough so you have the ability to sort that those that, you know, actually will get to that next conversation. Great thoughts. Great thoughts. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I, and I agree with everything you just said, but I want to key back on one thing you said, networking groups, right? So it's like I'm, I'm new. I'm out marketing, I'm doing the thing, but I'm not really clear on what I'm doing. First thing I would say is, what are you doing, right? Who is your philosophy of marketing? Who's your target audience and can you meet their needs, right? So it's like, you're, I'm out marketing. If, I, if it's B2B, who are the business people that, that I would market to or referral sources in our case or direct to customer, whatever, whatever it is. I mean, who's my target audience? Like, and then you said this before we went on the air. It's like, make a list, right? Let's make sure that we're not just out floundering. It's like if I'm if I'm if I get in my vehicle right now and I go to market, but I don't know where I'm going. I'm hoping to drive by a real estate office. I'm probably faking. It. I'm probably fooling myself, like you said, right? I'm I'm in the car. I'm marketing. I'm out marketing, and I'm just looking around. I mean, it, it's like, does that sound like it makes sense, or would you rather have a plan of you know I've got if, if I just go down Sand Lake Road, I know there's 13 offices. If I go far enough, I'm going to hit the people on Sand Lake Road. At least I got a list. Yep. So however that looks, coming back to something you said, though, about marketing, uh, networking events, I think you have to realize, too, what is, what is my desired outcome for that day of marketing, mm -hmm. right? Because think about it. If I know there's 13 offices, but I don't have 13 appointments, mm -hmm. am I really marketing? So it's like well, to, that, to, yeah, the, to the question, it's like, 
this is not a one call close. Mm-hmm. It's not a, it, it shouldn't be right. And I don't want to get off on a tangent, but you talk about pull through marketing and push through marketing. Tiger Woods holds up Coke. Everybody goes, buy, goes and buys a can of Coke. Mm-hmm. That's pull through, right? Doesn't need to be sold. But most times if we're having these conversations, people have products or wares or services or whatever that need to be educated on. They need to be pushed into the marketplace. That's and they need to be pushed. That's why exactly. marketing rep- representatives out in the community. That's right. So it's like you got to know the game you're in, right? you got, you got, you got to understand that it's a process. It, it's not a one-call close. You're not pulling anybody. There's nobody out there that's probably part of this discussion. And I mean this with respect. I don't mean this directed at anybody, but... You probably don't have a product that people say, oh, insurance, let me go buy some, right? I mean, that's us. That's putting us on, on, on blast. I mean, we, we have to educate people on what we're doing. So I think, I think for me, to that question specifically, who's your audience? Do you know who your audience is? Do you know who your, 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 your ideal customer would be? Do you have a list? And then do you approach it? And I'm listening to you, and I'm thinking, say less to more people in the beginning. Quantity over quality is always a good rule of thumb. Just be bad, but just let people know what you're, you're a target of mine. I didn't have an appointment. I'd love to come back and set up an appointment, or I'd love to dig deeper. I'd love to find out if you have a need. I'd love to find out if you don't already have a resource that does what I'm offering and really understanding who you're calling on. And then you can kind of, then you can market for a call to action sort of thing. So, but, but last point, sorry, before you go, the networking events, they crack me up. They're valuable. But to see people going around and handing out business cards and wanting to one call close somebody right there at a networking event to me is like the worst. To me, the marketing message of a networking event is, hi, how are you? Tell me about you. Let's find out if we could even have fun having coffee. Like it, it, it just blows me away the number of times people go to networking events and they collect cards and they go, I got 13 cards. And they think, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take those 13 people and I'm going to go to the moon. It's like, well, what did you learn about them at the event? Maybe, maybe you wouldn't line up with them. Maybe they have a resource or they talk highly of a resource and they have no need for you or, or currently have no need for you. So I just think that networking events are, 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 are a tough spot to be in if you don't realize you're, this, you're just there to be there. You're supporting the event. Let people get people talking to you rather than you trying to spit up on people of what you're doing and what you're all about. So let me ask you this. So, Brad, I'll stay with you for a second. So if you are at an event or you're in the community and you don't have the opportunity to speak about what you do, is that a marketing touch? Good question. It could be. It could be. If, if, if If it's done in a way that would leave you hungry to learn more about what I do. Even if it's just through, Hey man, I met a sharp dude and, and there's just something about that guy that I'd like to explore more. I don't know what he does, but I when, but if he called me back, he was a sharp dude, dressed nice, had a nice watch on, spoke well, had cool, whatever it was or, or yeah. gal, whatever dialed girl. And I don't, I don't. So is it, is it fair to say that almost at that point you're, you, you're, you're almost branding yourself. You haven't even gotten to your thousand percent, thousand percent. I mean, it, 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 think, think about the whole thing. If I, it, it, in order to have an attractive message, I have to be attractive, right? I mean, I have to, I, I have to carry myself a certain that's way. That's important because I think, I think that's underestimated, right? People think it's that the way that you under- dress, the way that you look, dude, the posture yeah. you have, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll be controversial for some, the physique that you have, like it, it, immediately it puts a presence to somebody or in a room that is very important. It's either compelling somebody Man. to speak with you or it's, uh, uh, not compelling somebody to speak with you. It's and important. you, you know, the pros, right? And I, again, I don't, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but when you walk in a networking event, you know, the people that are there with 40 business cards in their pocket, right? And their goal is to give them all out. And they're just trying to they're, they're they're trying to do it there. They have a different they have a different are they intensity to, about themselves to it, get to everybody rather than to pick one or two people that maybe I'd connect with no. and spend some time with them and just listen. Well, why doesn't that work? Okay, let me go back to you. What, what what is it about that? What what is it about that? That why that's not effective? Get, let alone the fact that it's frustrating and annoying. But why is that not effective? It's just desperation. And it, it doesn't come off postured. It's like, uh, you know, you're talking to somebody at the bar and you come off really, really desperate. And immediately they don't know why, but they're like, ah, it's just not 
clearly, clearly they need this a little bit too bad. And, you know, the, the, the idea of handing out cards at a market event, it, it is silly, right? I, you, every time you see it, you cringe. But, hey, at least you're at the event. Mm, at least you're right. handing out cards. Yeah. It's step one, right? So it's better so to be bad and be there be than bad. to not be there. Go yeah. be bad and, yeah. and go swim in the pool. That's right. right. Although it be at the very shallow end of the pool. And then, you know, show up next time and engage. And, yep. and eventually you'll learn that that stuff doesn't work. No doubt. And you'll start doing more of that. I had two questions for you, Rod. Specifically on, you know, something that you do really well and you coach on. You mentioned calling on an office. And, you're talk, and the question is, how do I get to a marketing meeting? How do, I, how, how do I get to where I can explain what I do and we can see if this is going to be a fit? The thought is, is, is you do a really good job of letting them know, hey, I've identified you as somebody I'd like to market to. People, what I've found, and it's the same sometimes in recruiting. Hey, man, there's something attractive about what you do. I'd like to have a conversation. You're telling them. You're telling them rather than being like, you know what? I, w- I was in the area, and I was at Home Depot, and I just saw you guys <laughs> had a real estate office, and I figured, hey, we work with realtors. Let me come by. That's a different conversation, yeah. and I feel like people respond more to that because it's more you're, you're lowering their guard by telling them a truth. truth. Right? So yeah. talk more about that. Well, the one thing you just said is, is – you know, if, if I'm if my goal is to get somebody to a marketing meeting, I want their undivided attention. I, I it's all about me. If if it's a marketing meeting, I want you to understand I'm coming to talk to you for ten or fifteen minutes or whatever it is, and you're going to listen to me. I want you engaged. So if I go back to my medical career, this is frustrating too. The people that I competed with would market to the gatekeeper. They'd market to a an, an MA, a medical assistant. And that would work. And those people could, could, they'd have a hand in referring once in a while, whatever that, whatever that discipline was. But man, I went about it different. I'm like, I want the doctor. I want the doctor. And what was frustrating about that is the only way you could get the doctor was to do a lunch. So I became a professional caterer. There were only five days. So there were five, I did five lunches a week without fail. Um, and during that lunch, it is understood because of what the pharmaceutical industry has meant to doctor's offices is if I bring in a lunch, I get a chance to detail you on my drug. Well, I just, I just followed the lead of the people that were, you know, I'd sit in waiting rooms and I'd sit with four or five drug reps and like, what drug you got? I'm like, I don't have a drug. And they're like, well, what are you here for? Right. <laughs> and I'm like, and, and, but inevitably I'd see those same people a month or two later and the doctor himself would be like, because I'd let him know I'm there, the doctor would come out in front of these drug reps that have the pedigrees and have the, the real reason to be there. Hey, Rod, come on back. See you guys. You know, So the, 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 the relationship with the doctor was, all, was everything, right? But you had to have the doctor's undivided attention. Appointment. And then I never had to worry about the gatekeeper getting let go or the MA getting let go. Mm-hmm. Because the doctor said, no, Rod's our guy. Well, yeah, but this guy came in last week and, we, and I, like to, I like to use him. No. I'm telling you, we're using Rod. So the undivided attention of the marketing meeting back then, I had to do that through a lunch, but it got me the doctor. Then another, another. So so take a take a loan officer, take a take a mortgage office, take a real real estate office. People, then the next mistake people make is they only think they need to be nice to the doctor, mm. right? Well, I made, don't think for a second I didn't make friends with the gatekeeper and the it's medical assistants big, and the nurses. I, I, I looked at their shoes. I mean, the, you know, nurses are funny, right? They, they all wear these nurse shoes, and they're all cool, and they dial them, and they spend a lot of time. They spend a lot of money. That's the sk- only part of their uniform that's The only thing you unique. can find, but it's like, yeah. what do you mean this guy, under, he knows my shoes, he knows my, my scrubs, he sees that I take my time to put on, you know. So, so important. Anyway, I, I just, I, I just so important because I'm, I'm, I'm shaking my head because I, I just want to give underlying context that that happens all the time, right? To your point, you make, make a connection with somebody you're like, oh, I'm good. It's like, no, 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 you, you just started, right? There's a lot of people within the framework of how that whole entire thing. Yeah. So whether you're marketing to the gatekeeper or you're marketing to the doctor, just because you've made a connection with either or doesn't mean you're done, right? Right. It's right. such a good perspective. Yeah, but, and, I'm, and I, so it's like you take a loan, you know, I'm trying to get to a loan officer, but you've got processors, you've got, you've got all the different layers of that loan officer's operation. It's like, yeah, you may get to the loan officer, but if the, if the, if, if the brass before them so true. don't, if you haven't built rapport with them, what makes you think when you need something from that person, you're going to get to them? So yeah. you, and, got, you have to go through and, those people. So and, I, to, and also, it's an etiquette, right? If, if you're a marketer, and, and I, this is a little soapboxy for me, but I'm not sorry. If you understand etiquette, 
when you're marketing and you're uber attached to etiquette, you're going to win every time. Etiquette, we're going to come back to that because yeah. that's a big one. Um, I, but I just to furthermore to go back to as a consumer, not any marketing experience, but as a consumer, if a somebody that is slinging paper products comes into our office, which happens, right? They're that's doing right. door-to-door sales and they come in and they go, hey, look, I circled you guys on my list. I saw you're one of the Such top insurance example. agencies in the area. You probably have a paper guy, but I think we could do some cool stuff. I just want to let you know, I know I need to earn this business, but I'd love to at least set up a meeting with you and 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 because you're on my list of people I want to work with. Mm. I'd be like, okay, guard lowered, whether a meeting occurs or not, if that person's having a conversation with me, if they do that 100 times, I'm probably going to give the meeting 30, 40 times, right? And so the difference is, is let me tell you all about my paper before I've acknowledged that you're one of my target markets and why. Mm. And I think that's the distinction. And before I recognized that I didn't have an appointment when I came in here. Right. That's etiquette. etiquette. That's etiquette. So, so real quick, I want to wrap this together because this, this to me, you guys are, by, by the way, if you're listening to this right now, like we're just, you just got a script, right? You just got like a complete talking path on any business, any industry. It's so, that's so good. I, I, I hear it's a process. And when you get things out of order, Number one, it's bad etiquette. So you go, I'm rubbed the wrong way. I don't know why I'm rubbed the wrong way. But because you're because you haven't got the sequence correct, you have bad etiquette, which people don't appreciate bad etiquette. Nor do they forget. And when you get things out of sequence, you sound desperate. You're trying to go from A to D instead of going A, B, C, and D. For example, you're handing out all these business cards trying to get appointments to sell to people instead of learn more about somebody and identify that there's somebody who needs what you have. So when you get things out of the, when you take the process and you get things out of order, it's clunky. It's, 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 it's distasteful. It feels back to that sales. It feels like you're trying to get into the sales process, which feels sleazy and it's less effective. So that's gold. There's a lot to unpack there, but I'm going to keep, keep us going because there's three more questions. So second question of the group was, uh, or not question, but the, the challenge uh, that they're facing is consistency in my message across any specific medium. Now, this is one where content comes in because a lot of the questions and or a lot of the, 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 the thoughts behind this was content driven, right? Like being consistent uh, on the message. But, you know, it's funny about the, the content, whether it's online or offline. I think consistency in general is just tough for marketing. I know even with our guys and gals in here, I mean, uh, it's just difficult. So whether you're trying to post every day and you, some weeks are good and some weeks are completely goose eggs or you're, you're in here and you're trying to get out into, you know, LOs and processors and, and different real estate professionals for us. And some weeks you're good and some weeks you take it completely off or maybe one month you're on it. And then the next month you're completely off. I think that's probably pretty um, consistent across, uh, you know, marketers. So I'd love to, Rod, I'm going to go to you first on this one. That'd be great. To yeah. Hear. So I, I, I differ. I, I don't think it's difficult. I don't think it's difficult, and I'll tell you why. You have to understand what your desired outcome is, right? Even if it's content, who's your target audience, and what are their needs, right? So if I'm if I'm struggling with if I'm struggling with consistency, have I answered those two questions? That's my first thought. To me, it's it's if it's difficult, it's because it's being complicated. In my in my opinion, who's my target audience, and what are their needs? And list the needs. List all their potential needs. That's what we've done. That's what we've done with the team. What are all their potential needs? And then content around those needs. Not solving their problems, but rather than making it about them, make it about you and how you approach those needs. What do you do to answer the call to those needs? And if there's two or three needs that your identified audience has, spend your time on those two, three things. And just be consistent with those two or three things. Don't try to create other needs that they have that they haven't told you that they have. Does that make sense? Sure. So that, that, that's that's where I differ. I just I I think it could get complicated and seem difficult when you haven't answered those questions. What well, are, I, I got a follow up question on that, but Tay, I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's it's the priority and where you you put put that prospecting or that marketing, right? We talk about, you know, eat first, pay yourself first. And if that is a part of what you do that is going to lead to success in that role, 
Uh, it's kind of like, you know, saving money. Our dad always told us growing up as a financial advisor, like, hey, you don't think about brushing your teeth every day, right? You just brush your teeth and that's what you do. So for me, I think when I was in more of a marketing role, a minimum standard, uh, you know, first thing throughout the day uh, helped me gain momentum uh, to not have as much of a yo-yo effect. So if, if my optimal amount of calls is what 20 What is a, a yo-yo day, effect? Yo-yo effect just means I'm hot one month, I'm, I'm, I'm out marketing a ton, the next month, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a ghost, right? And so I don't have as much activity. I'm not getting the referrals. And so stringing together enough weeks, enough days, enough months to be able to actually build momentum and make traction uh, is what I'm talking about. So for me, the minimum standard helped to say, okay, I didn't make 20 calls today because that's my goal. But I know I made five, yep. right? And I know the next day I can make 25 or 10 or 15. And I continue to build and finish a week and go, okay, it wasn't a goose egg because I think one of the hardest things to do, whatever you're doing, our roles included now, it's like if you go to write a book and you're writing every day, okay, you're going to remember where you left off. You're going to remember about those nurses shoes. You're going to know more about the account because you're doing just a little bit every day. If you take two weeks off, you're going to have to go back. You're going to have to refresh yourself on an account. You're going to have to refamiliarize your language and where you left off. So to me, it was just a minimum standard habit to make sure that if I don't hit my goal, at least I hit a minimum standard. And even if it's forced, right, even if there are five bad calls, at least I know that next day that I can look back and go, ah, at least I made five calls. So great, great by choice is a, I believe it's great by choice is the 20 mile March. Yeah. Right. They could have taken 70, 80 miles for the day. But they decided, no, we're going to do 20, 20 20 minimum. Now, some days they went 50, Yeah, Mm -hmm. right? But they made a decision that no matter what, they were going to go 20 miles. And I think what I hear from you is you could easily do a lot more than that. But what is the minimum? Mm -hmm. And don't blow it out of the water. But that's on the days that you don't want to do it. What is a metric or a number that is uh, you're able to do when all the forces are working against you. Yeah, yeah. You yep. you, you have Good life point. happen. Your your kid's sick. Whatever it is, I can still make five calls. And another thing on the opposite of that, which I'm I've learned more about this recently. On the days you feel good, do more. Don't just do 20. Yeah. Don't yeah. stop at 20. You're in a rhythm. You know what you're saying. You rhythm's just got a, off the rhythm's call. Rhythm's a good word. If, if you yeah. got to make, you know, 50 cold calls, you're in a rhythm. Boom. I know what I said. I know what I said. I like that. I didn't like that. That question was really engaging. Let me do that question again. Whatever it is. So I think both sides of the fence is have a minimum standard, but don't stop at whatever your goal is if you're having a day that allows for you to be in rhythm. And the same thing for the amount of offices you go see. Yep. You know, I think when I first started marketing, I'd go out and I'd see an office. And Rod be like, well, well, you know, who'd you see on the way back to the office? Because I bet on, on your drive back, there was five more offices like that, right? And you start to understand, oh, I'm not going wide enough. I'm just, that's way, that's way too little activity for the goals that I have. So mm. two different so, sides. So I hear, I hear, uh, that's a great thoughts. Two very good thoughts. Number one, it's difficult because you're complicating it. Well, uh, before you go, let me just, I want a quick follow-up, go right? Ahead. So it's like, who's my target audience? What are their needs? And then what is, what is my what is my pitch You're rolled within those needs? What, what is my what is my narrative? What are my talking points around those 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 needs? Right. So part one was have I answered the question who's my target audience and what are their needs? Part two is how how have I taken those needs and prepared myself to present that message in in an, in a setting in a marketing like I said where I, where it's undivided attention where I, if I have ten minutes. I, I know that for three minutes, I'm going to talk about who I am, what I do, where we've come from, what we what value we bring, and I'm going to be hitting embedded needs that, that I've identified or they've said that they've got. So that's the other side of that that I didn't give you. I can relate to that because I know when I was doing uh, and I was marketing from a client perspective, I, I would meet somebody and I would say, okay, I have five different needs that I can solve. Which one is it today? And it was not effective because for me, it was like my message was changing depending on who I met. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to be everything to too many people. And so what I hear from you is, no, 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 my, my, the solution that I provide is the solution that I provide. It's very narrowed. And therefore I'm just looking for as many people like Taylor said, as I can possibly talk to. And therefore I know that if I talk to somebody and I explain what I do and what it is that I solve, if that doesn't fit with them, then that's okay. I'm just, but my message isn't going to change depending on who I'm sitting in front of. But to me, to me, that is a pro discipline. And I think we're all guilty of being generalist when we start because you're like, Oh no, I can do that. Rather than getting really good at saying, and you mentioned identifying your targeted audience and their needs, there's going to be a time that you just mentioned where you go, and I, 
honestly, the, what I do well doesn't solve any of their problems. Yeah. And being able to go, okay, that's cool. That's just not a fit. I don't have to continue to market to them Amen to because that. what they're looking for, I don't need to provide. I don't sure. need to change. There's enough people out there that I can go talk to, to your point, that would love the you know the way I'm solving problems. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to devil's advocate for a second because that's easy to say yes. once you've got to the other side. Because I trust me, I hear that and I go, man, I remember when that clicked and I was like, damn, the pressure came off because I genuinely believe that I don't want to try to help this person because I'm I'm not really solving the problem. Otherwise, I'd just be getting the business as a pain in my ass. I don't want to do that. It's a pain in their ass. This doesn't make sense. Let's go have a beer together. Let's not do business together. But what about when you're on the hunt and you're not there yet? What about when you know that you need that sale, you want that sale, and you're sitting in front of somebody and maybe your message and your solution doesn't necessarily fit what they need, but there is an opportunity maybe for you to backdoor a solution that you don't all the time do. And you know that that's not good in the long term, but it's maybe you could do it in the short term. How do you keep that discipline? Hindsight. I mean, I didn't have it, yeah, right? I think we've good, all been there, answer. but but once you know, you know, right? And I would say, you know, just like there's a sale made on every call, I think there's a marketing, you know, effort made on every call. So it may not even be that they're the prospect, but if you say, Hey Brett, you know what you're saying, man, I, honestly, I don't think we're going to be a good fit. Unfortunately, I, I love you and I'd love to work together, but I'd hate down to start a journey. What you're looking for, I don't think I can solve. I will say, man, if you know anybody in your industry that, that maybe focuses more on new business and closings or new cons whatever it is that you're selling, you know, I would love to talk to them, man, but I'd hate to start a relationship on the wrong foot. It's so powerful. They, they, it's would, super powerful. they would probably go, you know what? That's a bummer, man. But, you know, I actually have three or four people that are buddies of mine in the industry that I could connect. Would you mind making the, an the introduction? The key word there is that you ask for it, right? So most good. people, number one, most people don't do what you just did. They'll find a way to get right. it done. I, so I dig that. True. And then instead of doing it when you feel like or know you shouldn't have, you still found a way. Because to me, marketing, a call to action, marketing, Desired outcome, not a branding outcome, but a desired outcome. If I'm if I'm a call to action, is I got to ask. Yes, I can't just be like, hey man, I here's my card and here's what I do. No, who in our in our business to me, it's like it's not a marketing call. It's like, well, who are you working with right now that I can help you with? That's the best way for me to show you my value. So so, sure. so we're gonna we're gonna pivot to can, this next. Go ahead. Can I, I give you just a real life? Say if you're a mortgage person yeah. and you start marketing the fact that you do down payment assistance, what are you gonna get more of? down payment assistance loans, right? But if you say, no, I don't do that. Let me refer you out. But if you ever find out somebody that's buying a house within this sweet spot, I crush it for them. I just want to let you know. That is That to me is a pro versus somebody that's early in their cycle. Well, and someone that, get, someone that a business pro that you don't want. You're going to get business that you don't want. perpetuate. And you someone that understands stop. less is more out of the gate, quantity over quality early on, and then come back and take inventory and sort the people that might not be the perfect people, I think then you have to you have to deal with that. And less. you know what allows you to sort is by going wide enough. That's what I'm saying. Because if you're not that's going wide saying. enough, it is very hard to do what we're talking about. One hundred percent. And that's why when you Great talk point. about process and getting Great things point. out of order, yep. if you don't go wide enough, you can't do that. You got to close the well, deal. Think you got to work with them. Think about yeah. a list. Like, do you think having a large list before you even market gives you a better perspective on the 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 the, the, the it's abundance. not even close so if you start with a small list you're probably going to try to convince if you get a huge list you go oh my god there's i can't even talk to this many yeah people. but brett i might i put pencil to paper and i've only got 20 names yeah what about the idea of you know you look at how many friends you have on facebook how many people you follow and follow you on Instagram. You look at how many people that you've ever emailed out of your personal email account over the years. And you identify Ooh, yeah. your tar target Dude. audience, right? And you identify their needs. How about this? Hey, hey, Joe, man, I, we've been friends. We haven't connected in a while, man. I'm, I'm ramping up my, uh, my career in the insurance business, and I'm looking to meet, you know, the top loan officers in the city. When you bought your house, who'd you use? How'd mm. it go? I Come just want, I want to make sure we well, refer them. I mean, again? how about Come the on. fact that we don't have to be in the mortgage industry? We've Come gone on. through classes on how to build a list, right? right? Who you pay money to, who coaches your kids, who who you know, who you see at the grocery store. I mean, there's a hundred different things that would remind someone of, oh yeah, these people are part of my network, and build that list to make it big. And you like can work you said. work through the network, right? Rather than your traditional networking. Work through the network and understand that a person's going to know a person that you don't know, and then you can they can help you bridge that gap. Arguably, it's not who you know; it's who they know. Oof! Come on, come yeah. on, talk to me. Well, all right. So we're going to back up here because you just hit on something, which was ask. You have to ask, right? If there's a call to action, it starts with you ask. Taylor said, "Hey, look, I'm going to ask them for this." That's where that this was one of the next challenges that was brought up in the BEP community, which was assuming that people and clients know what I want. 
The challenge I've had is assuming that they know that I want referrals and I want reviews. And I'm, you know, I need to remember to know that if I want those things, I have to ask. And so there are a lot of people that are listening to this. Um, I know I was one and I'm still one that's included. They leave an opportunity without promoting to the next one or asking for a referral, asking for reviews. Let's let's unpack that real quick, Rod. I'll start with you on you know the the ability or the consistency or the reason, the belief, the mindset, the philosophy centered around asking for what it is that you're looking for. Number one, do you know what you want? That's again, that goes back to the last question we had. It's like, do you know what your desired outcome is? But number two, when you're there, if you're in a marketing meeting, I'm always setting up the next meeting um, because if I if I know I've earned the right to be there. I've earned the right for a follow-up. By the way, that's very true because we'll be on a vacation and Rod yeah, will schedule the next, the next vacation. damn vacation. Yep. I'm like, Rod, we're not even done with this one yet. He's like, guys, we should do that. He'll, everyone pull out their phones real quick. And I'm like, it's amazing. Anyway, no, but, so but, true. But so I'll go back to my, go back to my, you know, lunch catering days. It's like, I'm, 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 I have the doctor's attention. The doctor sees value and I, you see value in that, right? Ty? Yeah. Yeah. I see value. Okay, cool. So I've got what I need to know. I, I've got what I need to know. If, if it's a, no, man, I don't like that idea. Cool. I'm probably, that's going to be on my short list. I'm not going to convince him, but more times than not, it's like, oh yeah, cool. And, and probably was because I would develop a lot of rapport with, with whoever it was. So if I'm getting that, yeah, you see value in that. And it wouldn't even have to be something that was formally asked. But I'm just saying, let's assume that there's a lot of nodding and you know, like a lot of really good questions to make someone understand that they're picking up what you're putting down. People want to know that you want to earn their business. Mm-hmm. People want to hear that you value their business. People want to hear that you want to earn all of their business. Say that louder. You can't ever take for granted that you can't assume, right? You just can't ever assume because if you assume that they, even if it was true that they know what you want, if you assume it to where you never have to restate it, you never get to resell it. And if you don't resell it, your value never will increase. It will all, I see value today, but it's going to stay right there. But if I, if, I re, if I don't assume it and I see you again and the value proposition is the same value proposition because I'm clear with how I meet your needs in my marketing pitch that I've developed, the value is going to be up. Why? Because it's consistent. Consistent messages get followed. Mm-hmm. Consistent messages get trusted. People, people, you know, this one call closed. Well, I, I stopped in there one day. I crushed the presentation. I haven't been back in three months. Well, did it, did it work? Well, I haven't gotten any business. They're waiting to see if you're going to come back too. Damn, so okay, they, you you make a call to somebody and you crush the call. There's probably going to be no action, mm-hmm. but you go back next week. There's probably no action. You go back the next week. Maybe there's no. Maybe there's still no action, but you're still getting the nods. If you're still getting the nods and you feel like you're still crushing it, and you're welcome back because you've preset the next meeting, they're just waiting to see if you're going to stay consistent and be back. You just said a couple things though. Preset the meeting etiquette, respect, understanding when you don't have an appointment, you're acknowledging that you don't have an appointment. Those are the people that you don't mind walking in. It's the people that don't have etiquette and respect for your time dude. that you're like, dude, I never want to see that person oh again. My and God. I, and it, I'm, I'm going to go puke in the bathroom if they walk here. And, and that is why that is why the art side of this to me is so easy because everybody misses it because it's not comfortable. It makes It gives them butterflies. It, it, it makes them sick. They, they, they sweat. They're, they're nervous. They don't know what to say. Which, by the way, if you put me on a stage in an area that I'm not that great in, that's how I feel. But, but just give me, give me a, a 50 miles of road with offices on it. I can't wait. So, so here's something I want to talk about <laughs> in regards to getting to an ask. Um, and I do want to acknowledge, like, I felt the opposite of what Rod felt. I felt like the person that I have to go in this office and I feel like opening my door and getting sick because I'm so nervous to go in this office, right? And if you feel that way, that's okay. I got, just, I get nervous. Just, no, just but, so we're clear, no, I no, get no, nervous. But you have way more hours in. You have way more reps in. And that's where the level of comfort comes from. Yes, some people may have varying degrees of personalities, but at the end of the day, what you go in that office, it goes bad, good, indifferent. You get back in your car it's going to be easier to go in the next office, dude. So that's okay. It's like, if you're a marketer, meet yourself where you are and understand that there's no shortcutting the process to get to that level of comfort Man. and art that you're talking about other than putting in consistent. Well, and, and you just said something that I, I can't, I can't not come back to. You talked about the, the person, you're, you, the person. If you think that it doesn't matter that you have energy 
or that you have a good attitude or that you have a, a good tone or you have just a happy being and you're, you're, you're not walking in heavy and down and low. If you think that doesn't matter, you should not market because that's probably the number one thing. Well, one of the philosophies that we have is people, people don't buy your words, they buy your music. And so what you're saying is your music, right? Like there's something compelling and attracting about this person uh, instead of the opposite. Well, people get, people get cynical. When, when a gatekeeper slams the door in your face or you make a cold call and someone's like, I'm not interested, click. It's a win. And, and, and they're like, what a dick. Excuse my French. I mean, what a, what a jerk, right? It's like, no, realize this. You didn't have, they weren't expecting your call. They weren't expecting you to walk in the door into their office. They're, they're conducting business. So how you approach that and how you receive that is going to play a huge part into whether or not you're even welcomed, let alone welcomed in, let alone welcome back. And I just want to answer your question. I think trust, we talk about rapport, we get that, but I also think building trust. A lot of people think under promise, over deliver, right? I've changed my tune a little bit. Just deliver, just set an expectation and meet it. And every time you do that, you build trust. And the more you can do that, the more trust you build. The more trust you build, the more you can ask for, right? And that's when you can ask for a review. That's when you ask for a referral because there's trust there. It's just And you just reminded me of something. That's so true. And that is the next thing, right? It's like, it's like, you the, the the goal of meeting someone at a networking event is permission to move forward in the process. What's the process? I met you at a networking event. I'd love to grab coffee and learn more about you. That's the next step. We frame that up at the networking event to have coffee. That's an ask. That that's an ask. Then I'm at the I didn't I didn't ask you for business. I just asked to move forward in the process. Then we're at coffee. And we're still exchanging pleasantries and we're understanding commonalities, we're discovering commonalities. Asked to move forward in the process. The next step is, well, you know, I'd love to come by and talk to you in your office. I'd love, you know, I'd like to be in your environment. I'd like to come into your, your walls and just get a feel for your business, learn a little bit more about your business. And, and if it's convenient at the time, we'll talk about, you know, we'll talk a little bit, about, I'll share a little bit about my mind. We frame that co- at the coffee meeting, we frame up the office visit, right? We're getting closer, but we're still part of the, we're still just moving forward in the process. So that person perceives you as somebody that is meeting expectations met for coffee you've set another expectation you're meeting an expectation it's on the ca- whatever it is and, and so, it's patience and, yeah. a, and it's patience right like there's a, it's there's not a dripping sequence. with desperation there's right? a sequence yeah. if, if this truly is a relationship we're going to do business for a long time it's not transactional then you know that, that's another thing too it's like if this is a very quick exchange like if i'm going to get a candy bar at the store i don't need you to set up three meetings to tell me why the candy bar should be a purchase right it's very simple it's a simple exchange it's one time we're done but if we're setting up a situation where we're going to do business for a longer period of time the sales cycle is longer that's because right. you know why there's a higher level of trust that's needed so depending on what that process looks or depending on what the sale is or depending on what the industry is or depending on what your ask is more than likely that's going to dictate how long the quote-unquote sales right. cycle is i wanted to ask this question today i'd love for you to give context around because this specific question is something that we have been working on inside of our walls as far as asking clients for referrals and for reviews which candidly that is marketing. It is remarketing. We've helped them. They've a client, and we're assuming to just back to this challenge. We're assuming that they know that if we did a good job, they're going to send us referrals and they're going to give us Google reviews or uh, different, you know, online reviews. And we weren't getting those outcomes at a high velocity. What does that look like six months ago versus what's happened in the last thirty days, and why do you think that is? Can you share that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just an intention and a focus um, and understanding that that every opportunity that you speak with somebody, again, and you have set an expectation and you meet it, that you potentially open up an opportunity for an ask, right? And some of the reviews are so benign. You know, most people think that, you know, you have to save somebody's dog or save a manatee for somebody to give you a (laughs) five-star review. I saw a five-star review on our page that said... So-and-so canceled their business with us, and we helped them with the cancellation and made it seamless. And I appreciated how they did it. Five stars. Why? You're not going to do that. But there's an ask there, right? Because there was an expectation that's set, and there's their meeting of the expectation, there's trust built, and then there's an ask. If you do that over a long period of time, and you ask enough, 
you're going to end up with a boatload of reviews. And I think it's really the same process as most people say, well, I want to set out and I want to get 20 reviews this month as a relationship manager. Okay, perfect. Well, how many did you ask? Because you're not going to get 20 out of 20. And so if your expectation is that you need to get a review on every call, you're, you're pressing your, your, your music, you're, you're, you're overcomplicating it rather than it just building into a process, making sure you meet expectations. And when you deliver and you can get a feeling that this person appreciates what you do, they're still nodding. The doctor's still nodding. Perfect. Have an ask and say, you know what? This really helps me. And I think the, the honesty about the reviews is to tell people want to help people. I believe that, right? But they just don't know how they can help you or the expectation. Or they, may, they may perceive you so as a big true, corporate monster. They don't know you're a small business or a human within a small business. And say, hey, look, our business is driven off of word of mouth. You won't see a ton of billboards. We literally build our business off, off, off people telling other good people mm. that we're around. Come and, on. And, if, and if you had a good experience, you know, I would really appreciate if you included my name. All. And then there's the ask. But then there's the risk reversal. Make it very easy on them. One of the reps within our office, Anna Diaz, unbelievable, right? But what's she doing? She will send the link to how they can review, and they'll make sure that they get the link. Won't let them off the phone until they confirm that they've received the link. Wow. Because what's the next part? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll get around to it. Yeah, yeah, send me the link. I'll review you. We're all humans. How many times do you do it? One yeah. out of 10. Yeah. But if somebody says, hey, I want to, sometimes my emails go to junk. I just want to make sure you get it. You know, it, don't mind. I'll, I'll, I'll wait. I'll stay on hold. I'm going to get you the review. So very transferable in marketing, too, so when you're good. Re receiving a first so referral good. is making sure that you go, hey, if, if somebody commits, you go into an office with a realtor and mortgage broker, and they say, yeah, I have some deals on my desk. I'll, I'll send you later on. Hey, you know what? Do you mind sending them now? I've had some deals go to my spam, and I don't want that to happen. I want to mark you as a safe center. If, if you don't mind, let me give you the email address you can send those to, and I'll wait. I have no problem waiting. They so send good. the deals, right? right? You can be responsive. So it's my love language, man. Yeah, Come on. yeah. You guys, you guys, you guys are cycling right now, dude. I, I love you, man. I love you, dude. Well, man, uh, that's probably a great place to tie it off, man. That's uh, that's awesome. We could go on and on. We could. I'm sure we'll go to lunch and we'll continue the conversation. I just want to thank you guys. I will say, uh, you know, kudos to my partners. They have done this at a extremely high velocity Back at high you. level you can you can hear the experience that oozes out of their uh, soul which is awesome so if you have any other questions for Taylor and Rod you can actually ask it within the community um, and uh, we'll get you links if you're on YouTube the link is below in this video uh, if you're on the podcast episode go to our website uh, you can go to beextraordinarypodcast.com or you can go to uh, urbanyoung.com and follow the link there but we would love to have you part of the conversation just a bunch of people that believe that, you know, be extraordinary is a personal philosophy that epitomizes excellence in everything that we do. So we hope to see you there. So for that, guys, thank you so much. Uh, appreciate everything you guys do. Super fun to be in here today. And uh, until next time, be extraordinary. Extraordinary. <laughs>